0: The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags.
1: Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, tons to get to. I appreciate you being here. Hopefully you caught my interview with Chip Roy last hour. It was a fiery interview. He doesn't take any garbage. Or we'll post that, of course, later on on Rumble. A couple of interviews that we had yesterday with Kay and with Simona are doing very well on Rumble. Go check those out as well. Follow me on your favorite social media. Just go to JoePags.com. You can click on the Rumble link, which will take you to Rumble, obviously. Or go there and click on your favorite social media, where I usually upload those links as well um, when you go and check them out. We've got uh, this hour going to be um, Angela Morabito. She was on, I don't know, about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, about um, men, biological men competing against women in, um, in educational sports. What I mean by by that is either public high schools or in in university sports, and how you can't say no to that. Title nine being changed, we talked about that as well. We get her back on today because Title nine is going to change very soon, and I also want to show her that chart that I gave you earlier in this uh, in this program that outlines exactly um, how whacked out the percentages are when it comes to this generation and their thought process about self identifying as LGBTQ. Uh, and I ask her. Is this because of education? We'll get into that as well, but not before you remind you that it's a Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. I'm not going to forget two weeks in Oro, Carrie.
2: Not going to happen.
1: Not going to happen. Let's go. All right. All
2: right. Hmm. Taco. Uh-huh. I've
1: got my tacos, my radio. Taco. A what are you breathing salsa, like that? So I what? Really deal with it.
2: You lying.
1: got a we whole go week go off from this.
2: Water. No <laughs> <cheese and nacho. laughs> Let's hope Taco you again.
1: The Joe Pack Show Taco Let's go do, 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 do. Hoping i forget again I'm not old, that old mm. Now me and Polo We'd like the hot sauce uh-huh. Joe like Torriso <gasps> Cause he's the boss That's right Beat and Every time uh-huh. She's corn <laughs> <tea and cinnamon. laughs> Come on What are you talking them? about Come on. It's Taco Tuesday on the Joe Show Say it again, Kerry <laughs>
2: Come on Tuesday.
1: Taco Tuesday. Let's go Taco Tuesday Taco if you would, please Taco Dude, you had two weeks <laughs> off from that, that's it? That's what I get? Come on I forgot He's got a bonus, too. Everything. You, uh, <laughs> taco. Look, come on. I forgot. All right. Well, next week, we'll have to make up for it. All right. It is a Taco Tuesday. Glad to have you here on a Tuesday. You know, Carrie, I want to have tacos tonight now.
2: Mmm, that sound good. Yummy. Mm, you so know what I'm saying? Tacos. Well, no, All right. So, uh, is, mm,
1: for, right. for those around the country, when you think of San Antonio, which is where our home base is, you think of the Riverwalk, you think of the Spurs, I get that. Um, the, you think of the Alamo. But Fiesta is like a big time of the year. But uh, Carrie, I'll be honest. I have not been to Fiesta in over 10 years.
2: You know what? I It has been years since I have attended a Fiesta event. And the so thing right is, when you.
1: when you live in the place, because listen, Fiesta is great. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. When you live in the place and you know that, uh, that throngs of people are going to come to San Antonio for this specific time, we've been here a while. Like, okay, we did yeah. that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And, you know, there's and uh, great, there are some great events. Right. Um. But, like, Nyosa starts tonight, unless you want to stay in long lines and it's hot and get beer all over you. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to stay home. Well, what's funny <laughs> is that you bring I that up. I, I, would,
1: I was on the treadmill today at the place, and, um, and I looked up, and it was the new newscasts came on. And um, and I'm looking at it, and, and I, I won't say uh, I, don't, I don't know the I don't know the woman's name because she's new, but uh, our friend David Chancellor was out there at like Fiesta mm-hmm. with his uh, new co-anchor, um, somebody Rocco. I don't know her first name, but um, they're out there, and you know they're wearing sort of the the short sleeve shirts that say they're on this channel, and mm-hmm. and it, it's like 12:30 or 12:40, and somebody, <laughs> hands, and them a, in the somebody right? hands them a couple of beers, and, <laughs> and there they are. You know, like, okay. Now the one time that I was in. I was in a parade around Fiesta. Was well, it's got to be 15, 16 years ago? Bob you Guthrie. Were the
2: parade? Oh yeah, oh,
1: Bob Guthrie, yeah. whose voice is on my Friday show. Uh, he's he's since passed, and we loved Bob like crazy. Had that mm-hmm. great bass voice of God. Uh, he was announcing the parade, and here's Joe Pags uh, from WOI. So <laughs> so the people see me right, and now they're throwing beer at me, and I'm and I'm on, I'm on the river yeah. in like a little yeah. vehicle. Isn't
2: that Nice. Oh.
1: Hm. Like it was my own little like water thing. It wasn't like a jet ski, but it was this little thing. That like it was electric, and it, the battery died. Now I'm just floating, and people are throwing, oh, wow. "Hey, Pags, have a beer!" Now you know what I don't drink. <laughs> first of you. all, there was more uh, full, unopened beer at the bottom of the of the, of the river, the San Antonio River. By the end of this, so I did oh, it. Yeah. I did it. I've I've had my fun. I want everybody else to go out there and enjoy it. But um, mm-hmm. the reason I bring this up is as uncomfortable. Oh, I was a TV news anchor, so I was uncomfortable. it is for somebody to hand you, I don't know, a bunch of awards too, but to hand yeah. you like beer. <laughs> and brew you know as Still you're doing your job
2: news.
1: you know okay. it's it's like somebody it's it's like also uh, you know it's great mexican food there at oh, the fiesta yeah. and i was waiting for somebody mm-hmm. to gordita. shove like a fajita in their mouths too so they go mm, it's <laughs> great mm. you know, they're trying to do their jobs <laughs> leave them alone
2: people i know but it's a big party it's like a one week or leave week them alone here in San Antonio, <laughs> they're doing their job yeah i could go for a gordita though
1: now, now, what's the difference between a fajita and a gordita? Now, what's the difference? A lot
2: difference? of carbs, uh, Polo. Well, I think the gordita is it's um, like a pocket, right? And they shove the meat and the cheese and the lettuce and tomato. Oh, in that sounds good. I like salsa. the gordita
1: that done my my oh, in my gut.
2: Polo, so is that good. what it is? is
1: it, it's a pocket of of fun. Yeah, I mean, and a fajita is just the meat. So, oh, fajita only refers to the meat. Correct. So whether you put it in a in a, in a tortilla or not doesn't matter. It's just fajita, right? Wow, who the hell knows this stuff? See, this is why we <laughs> keep Polo around. He says the taco on Tuesday, presses the buttons better than anybody in the business, does an incredible pop culture, and he knows what a gordita is. Hello,
2: That's, well, that that also course. means something oh, else so too. Good. So,
1: what, oh, gordita also means like like little fat or something.
2: Well, it's like a fat girl.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, I will try not to use that term ever because I'll get it wrong and I'll be in big trouble. Like a, like a um, little fat girl, I guess. Right, gordita. Little, that's like what I said, like little sexual. fat. Yeah, And gordito would be a fat boy. Right. Or gordita would be, hey man, I'm hungry. Give me that pocket of fun. The
2: pocket of fun is delicious. Yes, what it is. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think
1: it literally means pocket of fun. All right, <laughs> um, uh, we, I want to get into this. I, and I don't want to guilt anybody out there listening, but I want to get into this because um, the organization Black Lives Matter has held people hostage and has extorted people to the tune of millions of dollars. They've extorted businesses, big businesses like Hollywood businesses, to to put more black people doing this or more so-called equity doing that or or white is bad and black is good and CRT and this other thing. And it turns out another six million dollars was used for something. You're not gonna mm. you're not gonna believe this for something other than what they said they were gonna do with it. Fill me in.
2: Correct from the New York Post. Black Lives Matter bought a swanky Southern California home for nearly $6 million using donation cash, according to a report Monday. Three leaders of the social justice movement, Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, and Melina Abdullah, recorded a video last June outside the secretly bought home while marking the first anniversary of George Floyd's murder, New York Magazine reported. A Cullors at the time said she was weeks removed from being in survival mode after the Post exclusive reporting in April revealed her purchase of four high- High-end U.S. homes for $3.2 million. It's because we're powerful, because we are winning, Kohler said of what she characterized as right-wing media attacks. It's because we are threatening the establishment. We're threatening white supremacy. But colors and her colleagues did not reveal any details on the upscale home seen behind them in the video. A 6,500 square foot spread with more than six bedrooms and bathrooms, fireplaces, a pool and parking for more than 20 cars, according to a real estate listing cited by the magazine. The property was purchased in October 2020 with funds that had been donated to the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, according to the explosive report. The seven bedroom residence was purchased by a man named Dane Paschal two weeks after BLMGN. F received $66.5 million from its fiscal sponsor earlier that month. Pascal is the financial manager for Janaea and Patrice Consulting, an LLC operated by Colors and her spouse, Janaea Khan, New York Magazine reported. Ownership was transferred within a week to an LLC in Delaware, ensuring the property's owner would not be disclosed, according to the report. colors BLM's co-founder, resigned in May as the group's executive director amid criticism over buying three homes in the Los Angeles area and another outside Atlanta.
1: Okay, what did she say? She was in uh, survival mode? Uh, Correct. Survival. I want to be in survival mode where I get a a $6 million house. Uh,
2: Me too. Pool, parking for 20 cars. Sounds nice. Listen,
1: when you're oppressed, you need parking for 20 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. I mean, like a, I'm, a, I'm a car idiot. and I've got a bunch of cars. I don't have anything near 20 cars. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm not quite as oppressed as they are. Because the more oppressed you are, like like Colin Kaepernick's very oppressed with his $14 million a year salary. Um, isn't it kind of weird that Colin Kaepernick, who's like the, the poster child for Black Lives Matter, the organization – and for oppression, everybody NFL player goes through slave-like um, you know, uh, trade examination. And isn't it like last week, Colin Kaepernick was trying to make a comeback to the NFL again? I'm confused. Kerry, mm-hmm. I'm confused. If you think the NFL is racist, mm-hmm. racist! And you believe that you're oppressed with your Ferraris and Bugattis. And you're living in a, in a mansion worth millions. And you've got a Nike deal worth 30 or 60 million dollars and you make a movie saying that the NFL is racist, Kerry, why would you want to go back to that league? I mean, last week, he literally was saying he's getting in shape to try out or to get on the, back into the NFL. Why? It's it's a racist I organization. I
2: do not have an answer for you. I do not know.
1: I mean, my God. All right, so just so I understand, the two women who are married, who are black, who started BLM, the organization, because again... No, I don't know anybody doesn't believe Black Lives Matter. I believe Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, everybody. But the organization has been extorting businesses and the consciousness of this country for, what, six, seven years now, something like that. And they're buying $6 million mansions and don't think that we should know about that. They're buying it with money that was donated to them. It, this is a registered charity, from what I understand, and they're buying 6 million. This is like the fourth or fifth mansion we're hearing about. This isn't anything new. They sent 6.6 million to Canada for some other organizer from BLM to buy a mansion there. This is a high-level scam and a scam that only works because of this this weird guilt that people feel about the status of black people in America. It's it's so strange to me. I, I need to hear from uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. I need to know if you fell for this, if you are out in front of this saying, yes, we have to bring equity and some sort of other equality and stop the oppression. And and you sent money. I want to know if you sent money to BLM. And now that you know they're buying mansions with it, how you feel about it now. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Angela Morabito at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about uh, the Department of Education. He used to be the press secretary there under Betsy DeVos. And um, watching what's happening in education now, and I also go over that poll about LGBTQ identifiers uh, from the latest, from Generation Z, I guess. And it just it's confusing until you really just think about the, those who are fighting against what's going on in Florida. And again, keep in mind, in Florida... They're simply saying don't talk to or don't educate children four, five, six, seven, eight years old about sexual orientation, about sexual preference, about gender ID. That's it. The left keeps saying they're not. All right, then why are you against the legislation? Why is it a problem to have this on the books if you're not for teaching that? And then, of course, the crying about you can't tell your kids you're gay or something and you can't talk about your husband if you're a guy and you can't talk about paddleboarding. We get into all that, including Title Nine, and biological men actually competing against biological women or, in other words, XYs competing against XXs. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Your thoughts about BLM buying yet another mansion for $6 million. Meantime, I've got to tell you about Eden Pure. They've got something called the Thunderstorm. And it smells like the aftermath of a thunderstorm, which is clean and fresh and nice. Um, if you've got some odors happening in your house, get one of these. Get three of these, as a matter of fact. I'll tell you how to save some money in a minute. Get rid of any odor, like litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more. Over 200,000 thunderstorms are sold so you know that it works. They wouldn't be selling that kind of number, right? Never breathe dirty air again. And save a bunch of money right now. You can get a three-pack and save $200. So the three-pack is about $200. bucks. you are going to save 200 off the normal price. Uh, you could, you're not going to have to buy any filters. They don't take filters. It takes up no floor space. Plugs directly into the wall. And it's almost silent. Great for use in bedrooms. We're, we're loving them in my house. The Pack's house loves the thunderstorm. Got a couple of them, and they're really working well. Get this great deal, the three-pack, and save $200, EdenPureDeals.com, E-D-E-N-P-U-R-E-D-E-A-L-S.com. Use discount code PAGS and then the number three, save 200 bucks. shipping is free too. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3, save $200 right now, make that happen. All right, so we're talking about BLM, and again, those who founded this Marxist organization, it's pro-LGBTQ. It's Marxist. It's not really about black lives. If it were, they would be marching in Atlanta every day trying to stop the crime that's happening there in the black community. They'd be marching every day in New York City where there's a lot of black-on-black crime. In Chicago, where there's an epidemic of black-on-black crime in Chicago. They'd be there. They'd be there every single day until they eradicated it. This isn't about that. This is about promoting the destruction of the Western nuclear family. They said that on their website. I'd make this up. Also pushing an LGBTQ agenda, not really a black agenda. Not that I think there should be a black agenda. There should be an American agenda, an equality agenda. But these people are not taking the money that's being donated and using it to better bad situations. They're using it to buy themselves mansions. And it boggles my mind that anybody ever sent them a dime before knowing exactly who they were. Let me go to Ginger in Las Vegas. Ginger, what's going on? Hi.
2: Hi. I just wondered if if you happen to know that one of the biggest contributors to the Black Lives Matter is Lauren Jobs, Steve Jobs' widow.
1: I, 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 I'm, I'm sure Soros third, probably finances them she's too. She's the third so what?
2: richest woman in the world.
1: Right. I mean, she wants to feel better about her riches. I mean, Ginger, I think that's why rich people do stuff like this. They feel guilty that they're in such a good stead.
2: But isn't it a shame they always pay the money on the left side instead of the right?
1: Well, that's true. I mean, I think that's the left side is so so much more woke. I mean, think about Apple now. Uh, Tim Cook, very woke. I don't remember Jobs being very woke, but certainly um, Bill, Gla- uh, Bill Gates. What is, it, what is his ex-wife's name? Melinda? Is that her name? Yeah. Mel- Melinda? Belinda, Something like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they, they're spending tons of money. I guess she runs the Atlantic, which is a left-wing rag that's awfully woke as well. You've got Bezos who's worth tons of money, owns the Washington Post. He, he's out there woke as hell. He's actually freaking out over Elon Musk buying into Twitter. I mean, this whole the, Elon Musk, and you—you you reported this yesterday about nine point two percent of Twitter, which makes him the largest shareholder. And already Twitter is—you see this this uh, Agrawal, whatever his name is, the guy who's the. Parag Agrawal, I think that's how you pronounce it. If not, I apologize. But he's the CEO of Twitter. Oh, we welcome Elon Musk. This is so wonderful. And then Jack tweeted today, Jack Dorsey, oh, this is amazing. This is wonderful. We welcome him to the board of directors. And then they started leaking out that, no, we're not going to let Trump back on the site.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yep. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. And, and And that's like one of the things that most people are tweeting to Elon Musk is, put Trump back on there. Put the Babylon B back on there. I think the B is going to be back on very quickly because um, reports are and this is straight from Seth Dillon, who is a guy I know. We've had him on the program several times. You have his phone number? Carrie, his cell? Seth Dillon?
2: No, I do not.
1: Ask me, ask me, ask me. Ask me. Do you have his phone number? I do. Yep, I got it. Yeah, we text, we text oh, okay. back and forth. That's, Stuff that's like great. that Good with the B guy. Yeah, he's from the B. No. So um yeah, I mean Elon Musk called him directly. Directly? And said, "Is it true that you're still suspended from Twitter? The next thing you know, he buys 9.2 percent of the website. Can you imagine that having that kind of power? Wow. Or that kind of he ability right. on the fly <laughs> yeah. to say, I ah, just buy I'll, I'll dump yeah. a, you know millions and millions of dollars into this because I can." Mm-hmm. Yep. There are going to be changes nice. there. I don't like that Twitter put out that Trump's not coming back. I don't think they know that. And I think that Musk is going to have much more to say than what those who are running Twitter now are saying. I did enjoy, though, seeing some people tweet that they're quitting Twitter because they're not going to work for this guy. How dare you? Um, I'm like, dude, good riddance. This is exactly what we wanted to see. Goodbye. Very interesting. All right, uh, when we come back, Angela Morabito, she's formerly with the Department of Education. She's got a lot to say about what's happening today in education on The Joe Pag Show.
2: This is The Joe Pag Show.
1: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have this guy back. He's actually my congressman, District 21 Republican in the great state of Texas. We already gave you that interview. We're going to give you the interview with Angela Morabito coming up because that's a really important one. Uh, Angela Morabito is formerly with the Department of Education. And uh, she brings really great information when it comes to exactly what it is that we're facing today when it comes to education and uh, when it comes to our school districts. At the bottom line is we don't like what we're seeing. We've got to get some answers from the administration that's in charge now. So let me bring you that interview right now. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady back. She used to be with the Department of Education under under Betsy DeVos. It's Angela Morabito. Angela, how are you? Good to see you again.
0: I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having
1: me on. You are doing great. I I agree with that. Uh, There's so much going on when it comes to education, and I'm just sort of a dumb guy on the radio. So when I've got my five kids going to public school, I think I know what they're teaching. I remember what I learned in public school growing up, and I turned out okay. I've got a a reasonable amount of information in this brain. Um, What we're seeing today, though, seems to be some sort of virtue signaling or social justice warriorship. Um, I, I never thought that it used to be that. I never once in my entire educational career did I ever talk to my my teacher about who I'm attracted to, nor did I ever talk to my teacher about whether I think I'm a male or a female. That just wasn't that wasn't on the table. Angela, why do you think it is on the table now so much?
0: There's a small but very vocal group of activists who are part of this education bureaucracy, and they're just intent on weaponizing the schools for their own political purposes. It is sad to see them use education, something we should all agree on, that every kid deserves a great education, uh, to, to try and manipulate the next generation. It's really unfortunate.
1: So as we watch this unfold and as we see people freak out and they're incorrectly calling out this bill, which is really a parental protection bill to make sure that parents know what kids four, five, six, seven, and eight years old are being taught in Florida. They're calling it the don't say gay bill. And then Disney World for Disney, you know, the corporation comes out against it somehow. We've got to, we've got to make sure that people are are, are taking care of, uh, doesn't matter what their orientation or their gender ID is. I mean, all of that nonsense doesn't mean anything to an eight-year-old. So uh, you say it's a small group of activists, but this seems to be a much bigger story. Is it a small group that's making it a big story, or are more people latching onto it?
0: Well, when I say small group, I should clarify that. I mean small in comparison to the many, many millions of parents and concerned citizens uh, who say that what is going on is just absolutely crazy. So while there are a whole lot of activists out there who are driving this sort of ideological uh, nonsense in the classroom, yeah. th- there's a real majority here and it's a consensus issue where, you know, all the time you talk about a Republican or Democrat issue, this is not that. This is a, a basically a common sense issue where people of all political persuasions are standing up to say, hey, wait a second, why on earth should someone be talking to a kindergartner about sexuality and gender identity. There's no real educational purpose there, right? right? So the idea that learning needs to be age appropriate is not now and has never been controversial. Unless you're one of the folks calling it a don't say gay bill, which it absolutely isn't. It's not stopping anyone from saying gay. It is stopping people from teaching kindergartners about what it means to try and change your gender. Again, there's no educational reason for that. And the bill's nickname is uh, just totally false. It's yes, an absolute it
1: myth. At Angela L. Morabito, go and follow her over on Twitter. Also, um, it's dfi policy dot org, right? It is. Go to that website. Go check that out. What's interesting about this entire thing is places like MSNBC are are bringing people on who are teachers, and they had one guy on one morning. He said it was so sad I couldn't come into my classroom Monday morning and talk to my students about how my husband and I went paddleboarding. Um, Angel, I got to tell you, and again, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't, I didn't know if my teachers were married or straight or gay or who they were sleeping with. I had no clue unless I was calling the teacher Mrs. Smith instead of Miss Smith. And many of my teachers in the seventies and eighties were actually Ms. So I didn't know whether they were married or not. And I really didn't care. And the reason I didn't care is because I wanted a good education. I wanted to see my friends or that cute girl that I liked in class. I wasn't worried about that. Why do you think some of these radical teachers are, are They desire so much for these kids to know that they're gay, know who they're sleeping with, and know what their home life is like. Why is that?
0: I, I'm afraid to even hazard a guess there, right? Yeah. Because they're all very, very dark and very sad reasons. Yeah. And uh, to your point, that person on MSNBC was was wrong. I know. You're shocked. Someone being wrong on MSNBC. <laughs> it never happened.
1: Right? Never. That's right.
0: Uh, but actually, the law isn't stopping anybody from telling their students that they went paddleboarding with with their with their partner that weekend. That's not what it does. Right. Uh, and it's sad because this indoctrination used to be pretty concentrated at the college level. This used to be thought of as just gender studies nonsense, and it's never going to escape the gender studies department. Well, we're now all living with the consequences of ignoring this sort of ideological nonsense, and it's just fallen down younger and younger, and now it's hitting kindergartners.
1: Go to DFIPolicy.org. This is Angela Morabito. She's the former press secretary for the U.S. Department of Education. So if I just met you and you're still in the Department of Ed, and I say, oh, well, nice to meet you, Angela. The Department of Ed does what? What would you say? What what is the charter? What should the Department of Education be doing?
0: Well, when I was there under Secretary DeVos and President Trump, the Department of Ed was standing up for school choice and the rights of parents. It was putting families first. Now, what it's doing now is decidedly different. It's actually about to rewrite the 2020 Title 9 rule. And when it does that, it could strip away some really important protections for all students. That's, that's due process rights for everyone. That is uh, protections for survivors that they just didn't have before this 2020 rule. Right. And it's guardrails around the K through 12 system so that uh, the worst can't happen and if it does, schools are held accountable and, and students are protected. Team Biden wants to do away with all that, and they've actually given no good reason why other than they feel like it. So uh, the Defense of Freedom Institute is leading a group of 26 uh, groups, a coalition that has issued a letter to the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights saying, don't scrap the 2020 rule. It is working. There is no reason to get rid of it, and in fact, a whole lot of reasons to keep it. But here's what we do know about what's coming in the next few weeks. There was a leak to The Washington Post last week uh, that said the new Title IX rule will actually require schools that receive federal funding to allow biological men in women's sports. Wow. So we could have 50 years of progress under Title IX wiped out if the Biden administration just doesn't listen to the Defense of Freedom Institute and our, and our large coalition of folks behind us. So this is a really critical moment for the future of Title
1: IX. DFIPolicy.org, it's Angela Morabito. Follow her, Angela L. Morabito, over on uh, social media. Look, I want to bring up a graphic because um, I think that this is very telling. A- and this came up, I guess Axios put this up. I think they put it up to show how great this is, but to me it's startling. For, for children in uh, traditional uh, generation, which is considered before 1946, if you were born in that year uh, or before, 0.8% of the population um, identify as LGBTQ. Baby boomers, right before my generation, 2.6%. I'm a Gen X guy. Um, we, we believe 4.2% of my generation thinks that they're LGBTQ. Millennials, suddenly it's 10.5%. And holy mackerel, Angela, Gen Z, 1997 to 2003 for a year of birth, 20.8% of that population identifies as LGBTQ. Now, my question is a very simple one. We all go to the same schools. We're all learning from teachers. We're all learning from society. We're all learning from social media. I mean, I, I am I making a bad assumption that the education system in this in this great land is somehow helping to push that percentage to double what it was just the generation earlier?
0: That's an entirely entirely possible. And while I would actually be very curious to know what the true percentage is, just from a human interest standpoint, right? I'm afraid we'll never really know because young minds are being hit with all of this ideological quote unquote education that is so far afield from the educational fundamentals that not only are they, you know, potentially being confused about who they are right. and at the core. But they're also missing out on reading, writing, arithmetic. So every minute you spend talking to a child about, you know, 87 genders or, you know, what you did paddle boarding with your your spouse that past weekend is a a minute that you're not spending teaching them what they need to succeed through the rest of their education and into their career. So this is affecting kids in terms of so much more than gender identity and sexuality. But the impact is there. The impact is real. I've actually heard a story, Joe, of uh, a a child who came out, I suppose, Suppose transgender. This person now identifies as male at a very young age. And the teacher was, was trying to, be, uh, to celebrate this. And she talked about what this person w- was going through, what this person was doing. And a little girl came home from school and she was in the bath and she saw her hair all slicked back. And she was terrified because all of a sudden she's afraid she's turning into a boy. Wow. She didn't understand what transgender was. So something that shouldn't even raise an eyebrow was absolutely terrifying her she wasn't able to understand and that's the very human consequence of when education isn't age appropriate or really appropriate at all
1: angela here's the rub we're being told by the education unions by randy weingarten and others that we're not teaching this in school we're also not teaching crt in school nobody's teaching sexual orientation or transgenders or or gender id in school nobody's doing it so let me ask you this if that's true just in your heart of hearts. Why is anybody complaining about the Florida law that says you can't do it? If it's not happening, then the law is just wasted paper. Why complain about it?
0: Exactly. I think anyone complaining about uh, putting up sensible guardrails around education is really, really off the mark. And yeah. you're right. It's the same, same, same thing with CRT, where people said, uh, we're, you know, of course, we're not teaching CRT in schools. Uh, and if you ban it, we're going to, you know, run around with our hair on fire. It's it, it should be a non-issue. And I think it's really catching up to the education bureaucrats, the educational defenders of the status quo. They're realizing that parents are waking up to what's been going on. Uh, we've even seen it with Title IX, where men on college campuses have been demonized for decades. And it, they were guilty until, until proven innocent. Yeah. Kangaroo courts were ending their college careers and, you know, having lifelong ramifications over things that just weren't true. So I I think that the the defenders of the status quo have awakened a sleeping giant. People just aren't going to take it anymore, and it's uh, honestly great that they're waking up, but it's a shame that, that things got this bad before people started standing up for their rights.
1: DFIPolicy.org is the website. DFIPolicy.org. It's Angela L. Morabito over on Twitter and other social media. It's Angela Morabito, former press secretary the Department of Education. You know, what you just said makes a lot of sense. Parents are standing up now at school boards and they're being heard. Parents are now, We had a, a parent that I saw yesterday, Michelle Brown is her name. I'm not exactly sure where it happened, but she stood up in front of the school board and read out of a book that's in the library, many copies of it in the library for young kids to read very graphic about sexual situations she's reading it and the school board got so uncomfortable they asked her not to read it she said wait a second my kid can go and get get this now and have this assigned to him or her in class in your schools thank god you feel uncomfortable do something about it so you have that situation plus you've got where I, i think it was somewhere in uk um they actually banned a man a transitioned I guess, trans female from competing in bicy- uh, bicycling against women. So is it a matter of, and the reason why they did that, by the way, is because all the women said we won't race against this person. So the, the organization said that person can't race. We need you guys to race. Is that what it's going to take? All the swimmers don't go in the pool. All the parents go to the school board meetings. All of the bicyclists saying we're not going to race against a biological male. Is that really what it's going to take us? Those in charge and in authority today aren't getting it done and they're not going to change anything. They're going to keep on pushing the wokeness. What do you think?
0: I think you're exactly right that unless the powers that be decide that uh that the the gig is up, that they need to get their act together and do the right thing. Until they have that realization, and so far they haven't, you're exactly right about what it's going to take. It's going to take uh, parents standing up for their rights. That means letting the Department of Ed know what you think of the Title IX rule they're about to propose. We as the American public will have a chance to weigh in, and I think everyone should do it. It's a wonderful opportunity to make your voice heard and to stand up for the rights of women, female athletes in particular, and really for all students. But until then, we're seeing now, just like you described, the consequences of when the powers that be totally ignore what the people want. They totally ignore the the free speech, religious freedom rights uh, of the public that they purport to serve. And it's honestly very sad to me to see athletes say we have to boycott our own sports. No student-athlete should be put in that position. It's ridiculous that they have to do it, but I commend them taking a stand and saying we're not going to be treated unfairly any longer.
1: You know, it's, it's so backward because for so long in my life, and I'm 55 now, so my entire life, and again, I'm surrounded by women, five daughters, a wife, three sisters, a mother, um, and the people that I work with, uh, almost all women, um, I, I support everything women want to achieve, and I think that women can achieve as much, if not more, than men if it's done right. But the idea that we're celebrating the best swimmer is a biological male. The the first female admiral uh, in the HHS department is a biological male. Uh, the big winner on Jeopardy that we're all celebrating that just did some PSA for the Biden administration is a biological male. That we're saying this is a female who's the best you know, female winner on Jeopardy. It's such a, a strange place to be. What do I tell my six-year-old? When she comes up and asks, you know, am I a boy? I mean, obviously I'm going to tell her the truth and then, you know, make it make it very clear. But she's going to school every day and she's getting this mixed message that we're celebrating Rachel Levine. We're celebrating Leah Thomas. We're celebrating these people that up until 53 years old were men because biologically they're men. It doesn't make sense. What advice would you give to a parent who's frustrated right now watching you and me when it comes to getting into the classroom, talking to the principals, the administrators, or the school board?
0: I would tell any parent that, you know, first of all, you are your child's first and best teacher. And any time a school tries to drown you out or undermine or marginalize your voice, that's a great time to, you know, calmly, politely, respectfully speak to the teachers, speak to the school board, speak to whoever is calling the shots in your community. And I know that varies based on where you live in this country, but there's always someone you can talk to. Uh, And I think doing that is a wonderful first step. This is also another reason why we need nationwide school choice, so that when a school tries to do this to your child, you don't have to send them back there the next day. We should have schools competing for families, competing for our nation's students. It would incentivize them to actually serve the kids that they're supposed to be serving, right? It shouldn't be a special favor that we have to ask for from the government. So any parent, it is... is, time to use your voice. I think the example you gave of Shell Brown reading the book to her school board is a wonderful one. She's actually uh, an almost neighbor of mine here okay. in Georgia. <laughs> she lives She lives fairly close by. And not only is her story remar- remarkable, but the stories of so many others who have done a similar thing and said, hey, I'm going to read this in front of you and I'm going to force you to confront what you're putting in front of children. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's a great first step and while it's, it can be really hard to watch, I- I'm sure it's an order of majesty harder to watch it happen to your child. So uh, people raising their voices is always a great thing. Uh, the Defense of Freedom Institute is encouraging everyone to do this with Title IX when it uh, is proposed at the federal level. But, you know, uh, of course, when I was at the Department of Ed, Secretary DeVos was really adamant that we should actually have less power in federal hands. We should right. restore it to where it belongs, to families and to communities. So that is always a great place to start, too. But parents should know that they are never, ever out of options.
1: Go to dfipolicy.org. It's Angela more you know angela thanks Amelia. let let's talk a lot more about school choice next time you come back i think that's really an important topic that the left is lying about uh, poor uh, or, or middle income families that are in poor school districts actually exponentially will, will be provided many more things than rich people would because of school choice the left tries to pretend the rich want this it's very strange so let's talk about that at length thank you so much for coming back will you do it again
0: I would love to. We got a lot of myth busting to do on school choice. So Absolutely. thank you so much, Joe.
1: hundred percent. All right. Uh, that's Angela Moravito. Go follow her on Twitter and elsewhere. Go to dfipolicy.org. And we're back right after this. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We have just about enough time to do some pop culture. Uh, Paul, what's happening, dude?
2: Are you familiar with uh, the singer and, I guess,
1: actor Bobby Rydell? Yes. So he passed away at the age of 79. That sucks. I didn't know that... the high school in Greece was named after him. Like, it was yes. like a little tip of the cap to him. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. That sucks. That's, uh, that, that stinks. Yeah, uh, bad news, but I appreciate you doing some pop culture. Got to go. That's Polo. That's Sam on me. We'll see you later. Bye.
2: This is the Joe Pegg Show.